G'day lovely people, this is the Eloquent in the Room podcast, I'm Rose Cooper and we are just going to dive straight into part two of my interview with Ginny from My Disabled Sex Life on Instagram. If you haven't listened to part one, I do advise you do that right now, then you can dive straight into part two uninterrupted. I have to say... She is such a delightful person to talk to, not only because she's got such a fantastic sense of humour and a really strong sense of who she is, but she's extremely articulate on the topics around sexualization and harassment and feminism and all that stuff that uh, makes women's lives very difficult when we're just on Instagram trying to be a good example to people. There's so much misogyny about, not to mention internalized misogyny. So here to unpick it bit by bit is the very lucid, very lovely Ginny. I'll be back to have a bit of a chat to you on the other side. Great, really great. But yeah, when you were saying about that disabled people, um, sorry, anybody on Instagram is still sort of performing this fuckability and this sexuality mm. and, and, you know, this, this like feminine... Um, desirability and performing it for themselves but still being perceived by the patriarchy as doing it for them Mm. and it's funny because disabled people don't get that opportunity um because they are seen as completely desexualized and you know it's (laughs) it's funny that I should say that because I'm so sexualized on this Instagram but I've got to try and find a strike that line between telling disabled people that despite what you've been told all of your life and all of this internalized ableism that you've brought into your own body, you are a sexy person. You deserve a good sex life and pleasure in however that comes to you. And we can sort that out. We will help you get to that. Mm. And it's sort of finding that balance between empowering disabled people to be the sexy people that they are and then facing constant sexualization um, because... I happen to enjoy my body and I happen to love and care for it and think I'm attractive and want to express that because it's important to show that love for your disabled body and show that um, empoweredness in your sexuality and your sexiness. Mm. And it's just, where do you get the middle ground of that? Yeah. You know, I feel like I can't do that now. I, I feel like I've had to stop because of the creep. I'm glad we're here because it's like how we started thinking, let's get together and just talk about creeps. Um, <laughs> but, but, but at the same time, I'm, I'm sort of feeling this really strong protective instinct around, yes, absolutely, do what makes you feel safe. Mm. But I also hope that it's not at the, at the expense of you just um, embracing yourself and and just screen out the noise and and not like I've been with people with human beings in the world (laughs) people I've gone out with and you do like it if the person you're with finds you sexy Mm. and they everybody appreciates what it's like to appreciate their own sensual body and the effect that their sensual body has on the person that they're with and all that sort of stuff so so embracing that it for the beautiful thing that it is and for the way it makes you feel on the inside yeah. Um, because we're constantly socialised to think yeah. more about how we're perceived than how we feel 
under underneath our own skin. Mm-hmm. And I just I just know that certain comments will then get made to me by people who I don't know. Just an offhand thing, someone looked at my account who I was talking to on a, a chat server for, for a Twitch account that I follow and, and someone's like, oh, you have this account, let me sh- show you. And they came back and said, oh, it's uh, it's a real thirst trap. You've got you've got cougar vibes, and I was like, "Oh, shut up!" And I and I was I was angry, and I was angry that that was their perception. But I just that's what I feel like is every stage in a woman's life, regardless of whether they're a teenager or, or an older woman, there's yeah. that fuckability storage jar that that we're placed into and it's like MILF, then you graduate to Cougar, God knows what I'm going to be now that I'm older, but I'm never going to not. I feel like you might have guilt coming up, uh, Rose. Guilt. Have you got any grandchildren yet? I will be soon. I will be soon. But oh, that's well, thing. are you going to graduate like, to guilt? <laughs> uh, well, that's the thing. It's like it, people get into this whole Freudian idea about why older women are attractive or this this weird uh, BDSM sort of dearly about like um, when I used to be on um, dating uh, sites and stuff and people would message me and the first question is, do you like ordering people around? You, like people sort of got, mm. I don't know, school teacher vibes from me or some shit and I'm like, no, yeah. I just really like sex and I, I just really want to have sex and, I, you know, don't want it to be too much about things. Mm. But, but when people say you're hot for an older woman or or you're a uh, hey cougar or, you know, I've often dated younger men and like, oh, you're a cougar and all this sort of stuff and you just want to scream and it does make you want to yeah. put a baggy T-shirt on. Yeah. And 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 just go stop looking at me and, and on the other side of the coin on Instagram, part of what I do is about trying to make 50 and 40-year-olds feel better about getting older because, yes. you know. Like we said at the very beginning, it's not a death sentence, is it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do. Yeah. And it, somebody, somebody uh, needs to show them that it's okay to be an older person that enjoys sexuality yeah. and enjoys who they are. It's it's a weird thing to connect us, but it's almost seen, age is seen as a disability. Age is seen as something yeah. that a reason to other me and like in order to just see me as a human being yeah um I've got to be motherly maternal or or whatever there's all these boxes that we get put into and and I think this is why I was really happy to um talk to you specifically about the way it makes us feel (laughs) and how and how angry it makes us feel but because you're disabled and because I'm older Everybody in the world thinks that they're being so nice by offering us flattery, mm-hmm. that, they're, that, they're be, that they have insight over and above everyone else because they find us attractive. And Rolling my eyes. Like you, you, know, you know what I mean? And you're clearly, you've cr- clearly grown into yourself. I feel that you're, you know, at least five years ahead of your sort of personal growth journey I, I think most people human beings get closer to that ownership and that empoweredness closer to 30 so I feel like you're ahead of the game in that regard but that fraud police as you were saying yeah. affects everybody everybody doesn't matter how old you are or you know like 
uh, Amanda Palmer wrote The Art of Asking and she still has the foot fraud police. So I guess what I'm what, what I'm getting around to is I almost feel relief now that because I am yeah. an old, because I am an older person, I'm not getting creeped on. If I was on a dating profile, I'd still get yeah. creeped on. I'd still have to be just <laughs> schooling people left, right, and centre. That's not how you talk to me. That's not how you talk to me. Let's have a conversation. That's not how you open a conversation. <laughs> you know, stop it, stop it, stop it. That's not all I would do before would have conversations yeah, with people. That's not, how, that's not how you talk to me. We might have sex eventually, but stop talking to me like I'm a thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you've got people coming into your Instagram who are looking at the pictures, not reading the posts, or what, mm. do, you, what do you feel what do you feel is their MO? What 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 are they trying to what are they trying to achieve by doing it? Sexual objectification. Mm. And that is the fucking long long and short of it, really. Um I sometimes like you get people that say, oh, you know, what do you think's gonna come from sending me a dick pic? Do you think I'm gonna be like, oh my god, amazing, let's fuck, let's cam, let's do this, let's do that? What do you think's gonna happen from that? And I genuinely would like to fucking know because it never happens. All that happens is disgust. And it's almost like this sort of like flashing. You get this image, don't you, of flashing where you think somebody's coming up to you in a park with a trench coat on. And so it, you're, I think it's, you're actually getting dick pics with no hello as well as people saying hello and then giving you a dick pic or whatever so how many oh, yeah. how, how many do you reckon you've received um 20 30 i've had probably about 10 video calls out of nowhere um i don't answer them obviously <laughs> i i what? feel like I've, i'm living in a, a beautiful oasis because uh, like i know that um previous social media experiences when I was like actively trying to date, I would cop mm. shit that I didn't want while looking for what I wanted. But in places like Instagram, I, I, once or twice on Facebook, probably more often years ago, I'd get messages from people and say, this isn't a dating app. What are you doing? Yeah. And maybe one or two messages on Instagram years ago. And I'd be like, what are you doing? This isn't a dating app. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> mm, isn't it? But you're copying it only- big time. Yeah, I can only imagine what sex workers receive in, in the numbers of abuse that they get. Um, and I think sometimes that's where the misconception comes from, just because the title of sex is in my bio that, you know, um, a lot of this is foreign men and they don't, you know, seem to understand that sex positivity does not equal promiscuity. She likes sex, so she must want it from everyone. Indiscriminately, yeah. The dick pics do happen, but they don't happen all the time. But what does happen all the time is the messages like, um, oh, I want you to be my wife and, like, I want to suck your tits and shit like that. Like, it's explicit, it's derogatory, it's horrific. Somebody once called me something that was a disabled slur and then, like, sexy princess or something, and it was just like... Oh, my God. I just, I don't even know where to begin to break that down, to be perfectly honest with you. And the people that, I get a lot of the dick pics, I get a lot of the explicit sexual comments and abuse. And then, and that was majority on the posts that I've now archived because I couldn't deal with it anymore. It was, it was ridiculous. 
Mm. Um, but it, you get a lot of the messages that are like, hi, or can I ask you a question? Mm. <laughs> now, some people will respond to that mm. and I'm just outright like, creep, no. Mm. If you wanted to ask me a question, you would ask me a question. Mm. I get a lot of people that come into my DMs. Hi, Ginny, do you want to work on this? Do you want to work on that? Could I ask if you would be interested in doing this? And they mm. ask. Mm. They get provide all their information and then we start a conversation from there. I'll get some followers that are like, oh, you know, I want to uh, I want to just say you're doing a great job. I, I find your page brilliant and I'll give them a little thumbs up and I'll chat back. But the people that just go, hi, and then I just go, no, creep, blocks them straight away because you deserve like spidey senses for this. I'm oh, yeah. going like, no, you fucking creep back off. Mm. Mm. But people will say to me, um, and it's normally women, um that I've got this sort of like pick me performative feminism and they'll go why do you just block everybody and call everybody a creep oh my god one time it's really just fucking sprung to mind this one guy um put in a question box um you've said that you don't shave your armpits but what other parts of your body do you not shave and I was like pervert hello mm-hmm. uh, it's none of your fucking business mm-hmm. uh, so I screenshotted the question and it had their name on it because I am not about hiding anonymity for somebody that has violated my boundaries disrespected mm-hmm. me in my space and completely sexualized me I'm not having it so then I got this dm that was like three paragraphs long saying um oh you you had no right to um put my information out there I was only asking a question you betrayed my trust I put a question in the box and you know whatever and I was like betrayed your trust go and fucking fuck yourself Mm. absolutely fuming I could not believe the audacity so Mm. I then went on to screenshot the three paragraphs and post that to the creep highlight where it remains to this day because there is this and I think that's why these creeps are so entitled is because they are protected by Instagram in the fact that if they are blocked and reported, fuck all happens. Mm. The people, normally women that they're harassing, um, don't name and shame them. Mm. Um, so there's no repercussions from that because they feel they can't, it's not appropriate, they'll get more hate for it. Fuck them. No. Yeah. Not acceptable. If anything, yeah. I'm going to start reporting to the police next time because it's getting mm. ridiculous. Um, do, you fo- do you follow Clementine Ford, the Australian I feminist? Do. Yeah, I yeah. Do. And she she's great at naming and shaming yeah. particularly Absolutely. and Fantastic. has <laughs> cost quite a few guys jobs and stuff because the, right. the, the, company, the companies that they work for get wind of it and, they're like, and I'm like, this is good. I feel like there needs to be more repercussions and there are more laws about image-based sexual assault in sharing images that aren't appropriate of um, people, Mm. Um, but there are not so much protection for receiving unsolicited messages and pictures, Mm. um, receiving that abuse. And like I've said, Instagram don't want to do now about it. Yeah. Not a thing. Not a thing. Uh, Again, on Clementine's um, account, I'm seeing that um, the hashtags that are being censored are, are you know, fuck men or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's like because women are getting angrier and we're saying things and we're like fucking fed up and, and whatever, it's being deemed as hate. 
Yeah. Rather than frustration. Mm-hmm. And they're and rightly so. And they're calling women. and they're calling women railing against patriarchy on behalf of feminism, which is good for everyone. They're calling that hate speech. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's hate speech? Saying you want to fucking suck my tits. Mm. Who the fuck are you? I don't know you. Yeah. Like, honestly, horrible. Yeah. Um, I, had one, I had one follower um, this weekend, and they've been a follower for a long time. And for a long while, um, because of their disability and perhaps the lack of understanding because of disability, I've kind of let it slide a little bit. Mm. I've let some comments sort of that are inappropriate, but you know, I've just sort of let them slide because I think, all right, you know, meant to, you know, to not not come out like that sort of thing. And I've and I've let them off and I've let them off. And it got to the point where it was it was constant. And they sent me a message saying, um, I'm I'm sat in the garden, what should I do? What should I do to play with myself? Tell me how to fuck myself. Mm. What the fuck? Mm. No. Mm. Uh, and I said that is that is completely inappropriate. I'm sorry, but you've we've crossed the line multiple times, and I've let it slide. But now that is it done. Mm. Um, oh, I'm sorry, that's just my humour. And then they went on to send another pretty much identical message after saying sorry, it's just my humour. I thought, fuck this, done, yeah. not happening. Yeah. And um, and that coupled with people commenting or just coming in, like you say, liking the pictures that have a fade a bit of nudity. Um, like the one picture that I posted that was like my second introduction of myself um, mm-hmm. at Christmas I was sat in my chair pink undies pink bomber jacket pink bag queer as fuck hat loving myself feeling myself and I've had to take that down because people that didn't follow me had never interacted in my life would come in like that leave mm-hmm. leave a comment that was like wow sexy you know mm-hmm. loads of penis emojis mm-hmm. etc and I got sick of it I thought if you'd have really read the message of that, the message was, yes, I live in an oppressed body, but look how much power I'm reclaiming over it. Look at this space that we get to take up and I get to say, fuck you, fuck you, fuck what you think. I look this good Mm. and I am disabled. Mm. Brilliant. Celebrate Mm. myself. Mm. And they don't take on the message and you can't pick and choose. You don't get to just drop in. This is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I guess people will be like, oh, but you're on the internet. The internet's like that. And I'm like, no, I've curated this space. And like you say, it's been yeah. an organic space. Mm. It's been one that has really grown from nothing, absolutely nothing. And I'm proud of it. And I've put so much work into it, so much love and effort. And for people to just go, ha ha, tits, fuck mm. them. It's so annoying. It got mm. to the point I nearly deleted my account. Mm. Yeah, well, I hope that <gasps> never happens. Like, uh, not that I yeah. think, not that I think you should, but you, have you ever thought of changing the name of it subtly, just so that the the w- sexuality is sort of, I don't know, expressed in in a diff- with a different word or or something? Because you you you're getting a following as it is, mm. so you know, I don't know, but um, you might be able to screen, screen people out that way. Yeah, but it's like. What, what else would I choose that I feel represents myself? Because mm. if I just went for, like, my name, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I like to sort of skirt under this little, little, little bit of anonymity. Yeah. Um, Same protect with me. myself. Mm. And I just think, 
I shouldn't have to remove the word sex from mm. my bio mm. and my name to be respected. Mm. Um, and that's long the short of it, really, isn't it? Mm. I shouldn't have to censor myself for other people to deem me appropriate and respectable. Yeah. The the Neanderthals. Oh, it's so <laughs> frustrating. I literally but it, scream. I'm really, I've, really good. I've been um, a member of various communities of um, people that I, like Amanda Palmer, that I follow. I'm a patron of hers and I have been for several years. So I get to have good conversations with other communities and there's a lot of men on those communities who are so open and willing to engage in the conversation of how can I be a better ally and how can I do this better and how can I do that. But um, it's interesting that, it's uh, a man's knee-jerk response to say something flattering or something that does give a flirtatious sort of ring to it because it's they've been socialised to have that in there. Even if they weren't even sexually interested in someone, they can accidentally flirt just because that's the language that they've grown up with or, or all yeah. this sort of stuff. And we're all just learning about what's what is actually problematic. And I find... On the flip side of that, anyone who is in any way really insecure still about their appearance or whatever might see harassment a different way. The reason why you don't feel harassed is you are feeling grateful and complimented. I know that I feel very defensive and you might be the same. I feel really defensive because I feel so comfortable and confident in my sexuality but I also mm-hmm. see myself as a whole person and realise that it's all part of the multifaceted diamond, blah, blah, blah. But feeling feeling like maybe it's not the only thing that people see, but it seems to be the only thing that they want to talk about, particularly men. So mm. a guy will say something and I'll, I'll immediately rebuff any kind of flattery or or whatever in, in most situations because I yeah. almost take it like an insult because it's a yeah. two, a two, usually a two-dimensional remark and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm multi-dimensional. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I would absolutely say that none of it is an overreaction because what they're seeing is that they've said one comment um, and they've, and, you know, to them, it, like you say, it would have been a compliment. Like when people call me, like sexy princess they don't think they're offending me because they think you are sexy i would like mm-hmm. to tell you that you clearly know you look good that's why you've posted this image um but it's not appropriate and they and when that we immediately rebuff back like with creep 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 and not appropriate fuck you block bye bye they get upset because they think, well, whoa, I only said one thing, but it's not one thing for us. It's constant. Mm. From the day I turned, when was I first sexually harassed? Um, <laughs> 11, 12, yeah. maybe. It's been from there on. Yeah. Isn't it? It is. It's, it's, like, it's relentless. It is relentless. And mm. it's never just a harmful comment. It's never just, oh, cheer up. I'm just trying to give you a comment. It Because that runs deep. And you see that sort of, like, pyramid of, of like, rape culture. Um, and it starts off with, obviously, like, serious sexual assault. And then it comes down to, like, little whispers, cat calls, the way you feel about the women in your life, mm-hmm. all that. And 
from there, it builds right up. And that's the long and the short of it, yeah. is letting these things slide low level and, you know, smiling in situations that make you feel uncomfortable as a femme presenting person mm. or laughing off a joke or, you know, not quite calling somebody out when they uh, grope you in public or something like that. Letting that shit slide lets them know it's okay and it's not. Mm. And I will never let any single comment slide. For yeah, for, for me, it's the uh, when people personalise what they're saying, like, "Oh, you make me feel like I want to da da da," like really personalise the 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 situation. Or, and I've even had it in my professional life um, when I've talked to editors, submitted an article to them, and it's about sex or whatever, and then you've got back and forth emails, and you have a bit of banter going and whatever, and. Next thing I know, I have a guy saying to me, um, I love talking to you because, you know, you're you're this, you know, talking to you is like exciting and, you know, I find it very stimulating and, and all this sort of stuff. And, and I'm like, um, it's not, <laughs> it's, whatever you, you've got going on there is none of my business. And I'm talking, if I was a cook, I'd be talking about recipes and the effect on me would be exactly the same. It's like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm talking about the fact, right. the facts of something, not not having a conversation with you about mm. preferences or any shit. But but this is yeah, yeah, and it's it's completely inappropriate. And guys think that it's money. I give you flattery, and yeah. you should be grateful yeah. for it. And the more flattery yeah. I give you, the more chance you owe me something for it. Yeah, whether it's sex right, or right. or or whatever. But, um, yeah, quite right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Mm. In my non-my disabled sex life, I work in healthcare. Yeah. And I was once, oh, have I got my bag, my coat, my keys, whatever? And then he sort of stood at the doorway and went, oh, and your phone number. Do you see me at my job here <laughs> doing my job? Yeah. And I just sort of turned around and went, I cannot believe that you just said that. That is mm. entirely inappropriate. Mm. Get out. Mm. Uh, you know, and then it's like they're offended that it, I've not had the reaction of, yeah, yeah, jot it down, let's go for drinks. Mm. What? Mm. It, this happens everywhere. And mm. it's so funny that you should say that about your job and that's jogged that to my memory because, you know, people can then sort of use this like fucking shithole of victim blaming to be like, oh, but you get sexually harassed because you have your tits out on Instagram. But no, bitch, I get sexually harassed existing mm. i get sexually harassed when i'm using a walker in a raincoat and wellies i get mm. sexually harassed when i'm at work in my uniform mm. i get harassment in asda in a skirt because i'm on my way out yeah you know it happens all the dang time mm. and there is no because you're, you're friendly and there's a reason why you're friendly it's because you want to have <laughs> sex with everyone <laughs> Of course, that's, that's my why. God. Yeah, you you know you're like an open hearted person, and that you know that's, <sighs> yeah. I honestly can't sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, it does. It makes you want to punch something in the face. <laughs> yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, it really does. So what before you took images down, and with thought of putting images back up again. How does it make you feel? Just like what kind of additional sort of feeling of empowerment do you have? Like given that we both 
feel the same way about being objectified. Like I say, I posted a reel the other day where I actually snuck in a boob flash in this reel and it was because um, the song called for it and all this sort of stuff. But it's also I just want to do things on my terms. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you know, do whatever the mood takes me and just sort of um, – and it's not in any way a, an invitation of any kind or anything like that. I'm still kind of at the same time just trying to be a good role model and it's not about being fuckable or any of those things. Yeah. It's just it's just having body autonomy and having yes. having freedom to express myself however I damn like. And I'm very artistically inclined Absolutely. around yeah. around the you feminine form as well. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So it does your head in overthinking it sometimes. Yeah. Mm. So how does it make you feel when you when you do sit in the moment before the fraud police come? knocking at the door and sirens blaring and all that sort of stuff. What sense of um, what you are giving the world, the people who are watching you? Like obviously people are seeing your pictures, so it's a two-way street. So you feel you're doing something, but what are you wanting to express in that moment? Um, yeah, I I think you've hit the nail on the head with bodily autonomy because I think people get so oh my God, when they see disabled people reclaiming their bodies because they feel, you know, disability is something to be disgusted and ashamed by and they feel like disabled people shouldn't be able to express that they are happy with something that to them doesn't work. Now, I've been told by people that they'd rather be dead than be disabled and I think, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it sucks sometimes, but being disabled is great. And I want to get across the message that it is perfectly acceptable nay encouraged oh, I do love a good nay <laughs> nay encouraged yes <laughs> to be okay with this and to embrace yourself and why shouldn't I be able to do that why shouldn't I be able to let my community know that they are beautiful accepted okay understood and whether there's a way I can do that without physically having to well, wanting to share my body. And I feel like the reason I want to share my body so much is because through medical trauma and through living this disabled experience and this narrative, I've had my autonomy taken away and I've had so much trauma associated with this body that I want to feel okay in it. And that's why I want to show those images and those videos. But should I have to? change the way that I do that Mm. do I want to I don't know how I'm going to get from where I was at where I'm at now and where I want to be I don't know how that journey is going to go yeah I don't know if that answers your question yeah it does (laughs) it does because it does it does because I wanted to establish that you know you still felt the way you felt it was just oh big time yeah I still feel really comfortable Mm. and nothing will change that I mean since I started becoming sex positive and you know we've all said it before we'll all say it again sex positivity is not just the physical sex acts that are positive it's it is about being body positive it's about being positive in your relationships positive in your communication just normalize everything everything Mm -hmm. right every single thing in my life is affected by sex positivity and being positive about my disability 
And I can now look at myself um, with all of my chubby, hairy rolls and my scars and my dislocations and all of the things that come with my body and think, fuck yeah, I love that. Mm. I'm absolutely obsessed with myself. Mm. And nothing will change that now. But temporarily, I was dissuaded from feeling so because I felt unsafe, I felt harassed. Mm. And the only way that I could sort of feel safe for that moment was to take it down Mm. Um, and to perhaps not perpetuate that feeling of unsafety anymore. Yeah, that was my protection. That was get it out of the way, do it, you know. Um, No, I don't feel any worse or different about my body now. I just, I just don't want to be harassed. I want to exist and be able to show that without the the creeps, without trolls. Yeah, with um, my friend, I love being able to say this. My friend Wyo um, from California. She's she's got a podcast called Sex Stories. She has all sorts of levels because she's a prolific creator. She is just really, really always doing something, whether it's photography or filmmaking or whatever, mm. but she also has OnlyFans, I believe. She's got a Patreon. She's got all the all the things and all the levels of access to her joyful enjoyment of her sexuality and her joyful enjoyment of her body. And um, her podcast is very much just she's just all wide-eyed and bushy tailed and very much like and and tell me about this and tell me about that oh that sounds interesting yeah. and it and yeah. there's nothing sleazy about it there's nothing um exploitative or anything about it it's like um oh that sounds interesting how did that work you know just this unbridled curiosity mm. and she puts a disclaimer on her YouTube and at the beginning of every podcast or it might be the end of every podcast but just to dissuade people from sending anything to her that has anything to do with people having any kind of fantasy about her or anything she doesn't want to know but she expresses it very articulately so mm-hmm. maybe maybe a, you could do a bit of a work around in that popper unfortunately we can't pin posts to the top of um Instagram, but but maybe even just in your bio, just a disclaimer, you know, um, don't inbox me. Yeah. Do you know, I think that would be really useful. And, I, I mean, we fucking shouldn't have to, but I feel like, yeah. Um, and and with that, with that, you might be able say, to say, or just, just. Um, may inbo- I please inbo- remind you of my rules? <laughs> yeah, inbox trespasses will be outed. <laughs> Shame reported. Yeah. Put on the creeps. Yeah. <laughs> Creep list. You know, it's really funny. Do a creep list. That that'd be fun. That sounds fun. Yeah, big time. <laughs> <laughs> what and, and I love that we've got through the entire conversation talking about you. And now I do want to touch on your uh your flavor of disability and 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 a bit and a bit of uh a bit of background as to, you know, whether it's genetic and, and all that sort of stuff, just for the people at home learning something new about what your life is um, changed by or Absolutely. modified the by. Flavor, <laughs> the flavour of my disability as it stands currently, and this list is non-exhaustive, let me tell you. 
Um, so I have hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, mm. and that is a genetic disorder that affects collagen in that the collagen my body produces is weak, stretchy, um, and that affects anything with collagen in. So skin, tissues, uh, muscles, ligaments, my heart, my bowels, anything and everything, my eyes. Um, so the Ehlers-Danlos syndrome is like an all-encompassing shit show of loveliness. Mm. And then on top of that, I have osteoarthritis. So that's age-related, um, lol, age-related, um, <laughs> wear and tear of the joints. And I was Is it more so in particular like, joints or all of your joints or is it more so in, say, your knees? Um, or? So I am diagnosed with um, them in blah, 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 osteoarthritis in my pelvis, um, my hip joints, my sacroiliac joints and my lumbar um, I assume it will be in my knees because my knees burn <laughs> in the similar sort of pain that I get in my back. Um, I probably also have it in every other joint, but they just can't be bothered to x-ray the entire thing. <laughs> um, it just happened to coincidence. Coincidentally, I'd gone in. It was really fun being a young person with disability. You get the comments all the time mm-hmm. of, but you're young, you should be healthy. And you think, fuck your opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I said to my GP, I said, I've got this really bad pain. That's so um, stupid. <laughs> I said, I've got this really bad pain in my back where it meets my, my pelvis. Um, and, you know, I can pinpoint this right on there. And he went, well, we'll send you for an x-ray. It won't be anything but you know let's reel it out let's reel it out and when the results came back um which was really funny because of the Ehlers-Danlos syndrome I have incredibly slow mobility gastroparesis um so I actually had an impacted bowel as well which needed hospital treatment and that just happened to be coincidentally found on this x-ray uh, so he was like, not only have you got an impacted bowel, you've also got arthritis. So I'm really sorry. Sometimes you get what you wish for. And I'm really sorry that I doubted you. And I was like, never mind, never mind. Wow. Um, yeah, so. The gaslighting I'm, in the medical profession. Yeah. Holy Rose. shit, mm-hmm. Rose. I've, I've been called um, a drug seeker. I've been um, told that I shouldn't be attending A&E for dislocations. Um, especially if there's been a traumatic relocation. Um, my shoulders are the worst for traumatic relocations. Um, I mean, my jaw, let's not go there. I was admitted for fucking week. Um, free relocations on Muffy, but never mind. Mm. When I go in for my shoulder, I get this really, really severe tingling down my arm, um, which means as it's gone back, it's trapped something. Mm. And the fucking nurse, honestly, um, I'm trying to like, I'm crying through this examination and she's like, we've seen on the x-rays in, just lift it up. Oh, How fuck. can I just lift it up? I'm in agony. I've just had a relocation on my shoulder. You're expecting me to be doing this. I've got bloody pins and needles. I'm in agony. And my mum literally got to the point where she pushed this nurse off me. Um, and I love having my mum there to advocate for me mm. um, because she can sometimes just be like, nope, back off. You are being cruel. And this mm. is the reality of medical trauma that disabled people face. Mm. It is the gaslighting. It's the constantly being told, nah, it won't be anything. It won't be anything. Mm. Or it's if they've not got an answer 
well, there's nothing wrong with you, then it must just be in your head. And unless you're a private patient that can pay to be seen um, for every new symptom, every new worry, I mean, the Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome bracket comes under rheumatology. You were diagnosed by a geneticist if you're lucky, which I have been, thank goodness. So I have formal diagnosis now, which has helped with getting um, some benefits and things like that. Not, not masses, trust me, it's not masses. Mm. Um, but it's helped. Well, some people just see a rheumatologist sort of get this, you know, it's somewhere on the joint hypermobility spectrum, but there's nothing more we can do for you except physiotherapy and braces and, you know, supports and whatever. So you are really, really left with these sorts of joint hypermobility and Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome disabilities to self-advocate, to self-medicate, self fucking sort yourself out really you've got to get all your aids you've got to get all of your um pitching stools and shower rails and you've got to sort all that yourself you are really left alone mm. if you come up with a new symptom you've got to hope that your gp will take you on um and refer you on to a specialist um the first time i dislocated my jaw i looked like i had mumps my face came out here mm. And I went to the, the same GP that didn't believe in the OA, and he said, straight off, I can tell you that you've dislocated your jaw there. Um, just don't eat solid food. I don't know how long you're going to have to do that, but until you can eat again, don't. Mm. And I thought, wow, this is fantastic. Mm. And then when it happened again, when I was driving to work one day, and I dislocated in the car, um and I had an x-ray that showed that it was out it was like oh great now we can do something about it um so you kind of just left to be believed really and to um deal with it Mm. and it it is damaging trust Mm. me Mm. it's hard really hard but has anybody else has anybody else in the family got either of your yeah, so I'm the only one that's been diagnosed, um, but my um, brother has a dicky heart valve. He struggles with joint pain. Um, my mum has always struggled with joint pain. She has migraineous vertigo, um, problems with her thyroid. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think what else. She's, she grows a lot of kidney stones um, and lots of tissue-related issues in her kidneys. My grandma has had many, many heart problems. Um, heart revalve gurge her mother had a valve replacement and we're talking back in the day when they had pig valves and you know that was the cutting edge of medicine back then Mm. Um, so yeah we're all sort of maternally on my mother grandmother great grandmother um, because it does tend to be women but it's a dominant gene so anybody that comes into an Earl's Danlos body will show out an Earl's Danlos body okay so um, that does raise, like, personal questions of, like, should mm. I have children? Uh, should I not? And I sort of spoke to the geneticist and an obstetrician about this, and they said, well, there's no reason you shouldn't. Um, and I said, well, will the child have Elizabeth? And they were like, yeah, but it's not to say they'll be as bad. Yes, mm. but they could be worse. Mm. And... You know, that's when you sort of get into the shit show of eugenics that people believe that disabled people aren't worthy and shouldn't reproduce because of this reason, you know, because of this sort of lower quality of life. Yeah. Um, they think you shouldn't you shouldn't 
move on with your family and your relationships yet there would be a better quality of life if we had proper care for disabled people Mm. proper accessibility for disabled people and proper money to live these lives with disability because it's it's hard work it's expensive it takes time and dedication but does that mean I'm less worthy than an able-bodied person Mm. no Mm. um so yeah oh having a genetic disability is like a battle really should Mm. I shouldn't I what should I do yeah, you've got um, the question too of how how you would you cope with pregnancy, given <laughs> that you've got EDS. I think it's going to be a shit show. My mum, mm. um, a pelvis gave way within six weeks of being pregnant with me, so mm. she barely knew she was pregnant, and the pelvis had gone. Mm. Um, a wheelchair user um, throughout her pregnancy and for several months afterwards. So mm. having a newborn and all of that that comes with it in a disabled body, it is a worry for me, massively, mm. massively. Mm. I'm barely able to look after me still and the dogs. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? This is it, isn't it? Yeah. It's a it's a lot to think about, but I know just as a as a person, as a mother and whatever, you, your main concern is whether or not you would have a happy child. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, it's like you don't want to bring a child into what if you don't think they're going to have a not just a productive life or a valid life according to other people, but that they'll be happy. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, my mum is is great at helping me and looking after me. Um, But I don't know whether I could pay that love forwards because of my physical ability there are so many disabled mums that are absolutely fucking smashing it but I guess that's something that I'm gonna have to cross that bridge when I come to it really yeah, yeah. um I'm still I'm still a young baby so mm. yeah you've got something that I've been thinking about again but um I've been doing a lot of work with other people with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome in the minute and this is sort of a conversation that everyone sort of like comes on to on the spectrum and they think you know, what do you reckon about having kids? What 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 have you and your partner decided? What are you going to do? And you think everyone's got a different answer, but it's just nice to sort of see what everyone else reckons and what their feelings and thoughts mm. and uh, hopes are for their lives, mm. um, really. Mm. What people don't take into account who look in any way down on anybody with a disability is forgetting that, their body is going to go through its own metamorphosis with age. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we've all got to become disabled at any point in their life. Yeah, yeah. And their attitude would change. Oh, they would understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and as people get older and they understand like the aches and pains that come with that. Um, my grandma had a bad back a couple of years ago, a really bad flare-up of OA. And um, she said, geez, George, I don't know how you do it. How do you go on like this every day in pain? Um, And you'll see the video that I did um, that resonated with a lot of people was how do you do it? And the answer is sometimes I don't Mm. um, because it's hard. Mm. Uh, But you've got no other choice. You Mm. must... You must forge on. You must yeah. progress. I think I was. Did you cry in that one? I think that's. Oh, yeah. I, I messaged. I messaged you afterwards, <laughs> thank, thanking you. 
because yeah. this is this is a privilege. Like um, I'm not very good at being vulnerable. I'm not very good at crying in front of people, but I'm getting better, and I'm realizing that um, the gift that I feel I'm being given when someone will actually share some truth about themselves with me that yeah. is pa- that is painful for them to admit um, yeah. and and just thinking just just having that space um, that intimate space between two human yeah on on it on it on instagram that you bring to the table is not just i'm so sexy i'm having so much fun with my life it's it's i've got um well today's a shit day and yeah i'm I'm going to bring you into my world yeah because because you feel a genuine kinship with your followers definitely Mm. and it's the people I do it for a number of reasons, and that video specifically, I was I came in with this, um, you know, like my usual hey friends and yeah. chatting up my usual, and I I sort of thought I'm not getting out what I want to get out here, and I nearly cut the video off, and then I just started bowling, and I thought, no, this is it, this is coming out now, it's this is how I feel, and I do it for a number of reasons. Um, a because I'm always one thousand percent myself, uh, because there's no other way to be. Said it before, say it again. Um, number two, I do it for the followers that also experience this, that they know they're not alone. And number three, for awareness for non-disabled people to understand that what you see on the out of it and what you see in the smiley, happy Ginny and, um, you know, looks can be deceiving, my love. Um, (laughs) it's hard and people struggle and I think it's important that they know that. But sharing your life online with people in the community does require a bit of vulnerability. And I think that any person that posts on Instagram and gets up there and, and talks and speaks and does this is doing an excellent job. Mm. And it is a testament to the passion that they have for their community mm. and absolutely bloody good on you. Yeah. Well, you're, it's yeah. like, like you're um, a journalist and a documentarian at the same time and you're 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 your own muse and any time the fraud police do get to me all I have to do is think about Frida Kahlo and Yoko Ono <laughs> and my queen yeah and Yoko Ono and and they have always documented their space in the world but made it an immersive experience for people mm-hmm. on the other side of of the coin like bringing you into my world I, I much prefer that than exploiting other people or, or making yeah. fun of other people. I'll make Definitely. fun of myself. I'll do it. I presume you follow Jamila Jamil. Yes, yes, and she, yes. Ha- she has ideas. Yes, she does, yes. Yeah. I only found out that she had ideas um, because of a good pl- – I, I love watching The Good Place on Netflix, bloody yeah. program. Yeah. Um, I found out about that because of a press release of that and she was like, oh, you know, by the way, I've got Alexander syndrome. And I thought, oh, my God, amazing. We don't know what her personal struggles are. We don't know what she's like off camera and how much rest and effort it takes for her to do a day filming. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Mm. And that is what it is to be disabled. It is you. Mm. It cannot be switched on and off. Mm. Um. 
And this is why people have swapped from language like people with disabilities to disabled people mm. because we cannot separate ourselves from this identity. Mm. So stop trying to shrink it down. Yeah, the language. comfort and understanding. Mm. I personally feel very, very comfortable with the word we're disabled because it isn't a one-size-fits-all thing. Disabled to one person means one thing um, and to, to another means another. What other term would there be that would encompass such a range of people? Mm. Um, what other word would do us justice as a community for what mm. we experience yeah. and who we are and the creative, beautiful people that we are? Mm. And disabled is the one, but like some people, like we've, um, when I first started using the label queer, my parents said, isn't queer bad? Like, mm. isn't queer a slur? Mm. And I said, this word has been reclaimed to be a positive and people are expressing this label for X, Y, and Z reason. Mm. And people are comfortable using the word crip as a, a self-identifier. Mm. Now, I don't personally associate with that word. It's been used as a derogatory slur to me and that will be how it sits. Mm. and I am not happy to reclaim that word. I don't mm. want it. But yeah. other people fucking love it. Andrew yeah. Gerzer is a self-professed crip daddy. Um, Dis Bethany is her handle on Instagram, does the corona look of the day. Mm. Um, Wheelchair Rapunzel says she has crip titties, and, you know, absolutely fucking smashing. Good so for you. Re- reclaiming it. And, yeah, uh, yeah, get that word back and get that power from, like you say, from the words that we were called mm. um, in a derogatory way years and years ago that were, like, deemed appropriate. Mm. Pe- it, people can use those words if they feel they want to in our community, and it's absolutely nobody's job to police anybody's language mm. from the community. Outside of the community, shut that shit down. But mm. inside of it, you do what you want. If it's mm. not something I'm comfortable with, it's not something I'm comfortable with. If you want to, absolutely. People just per- personalise it, I think. Whatever whatever language we use, regardless of what it is, if if someone has ever heard something in a negative way, they find it harder to um, embrace it, embrace what other people embrace within themselves. Like, yeah. you know, like um, because it, it makes that person feel yucky for whatever reason. It's like the word cunt. I love the word cunt. Hate the, the word same. pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, my God, same. Read pussy in novels and heard people say it in movies, but in my life, yeah, people, my girlfriends didn't say my pussy and, um, you know, guys I dated didn't say your pussy to me. I, I don't know. It was mm. In Australia we say fanny for, for yeah. that anyway, so that's probably the most popular. Um but otherwise, just cunt. I'm like fine with cunt. And um, see, I like using cunt as a swear, but I wouldn't describe my vulva as a cunt. Mm. If you see what I mean, yeah. I like pussy in whap whap whap. That's mm. some wet ass pussy. Mm. But I would never use pussy to describe my genitalia because yeah. to me, it's always in the north. It's always lots that are like stop being a pussy Mm. so you're equating this female organ with being weak and with Mm. being less than and you're using it as an insult Mm. do you see what i mean yeah absolutely you could also say the same for why i call people a cunt 
Um, but you know, it's what this is why language is so fucking interesting. It's, it is. So it's interesting. It? it is. It is interesting. Uh, and it's like um, I listen to the Blind Boy podcast, as I was saying, and um, he uses cunt, and he quite often says. He, he says, I never use it as a derogatory. In, 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 in Australia, people use it, like particularly certain generations use it and certain cultures um, use it as a absolute endearment. Mm. Like it really is. He's a great cunt, you know, like the, there's no nothing, <laughs> nothing in any way disparaging about it at all. It's a very happy word. And the same with, um, same in, in Ireland, it's the same sort of um, affectation. But he does actually say when he's talking about someone that gives him the shits or someone they didn't like, he'll say a cunt and doesn't even know that he said it. That's, that's he, he's got a feeling that he never uses it in a negative way, but I hear him use it all the time. It drops off our own radar half the time, the things that we, the things that we say subconsciously. Yeah. Mm. But, but cunt is such a fun word to say. It's like, fuck, it's got that impact Absolutely. That lovely short, sharp impact mm. of a word, but I'm trying to use prick more. If I if I say <laughs> if I say something about someone who's being an absolute jerk, I'll say jerk or prick rather than a cunt. So, trying to celebrate. <laughs> if you're going to be derogatory, uh, like seriously, if you're going to be derogatory, prick's got a trump cunt. It's got to. Because <laughs> quite like dickhead. Mm, yeah. Well, I call myself a dickhead all the time. <laughs> It's like two very strong syllables. Mm. Dickhead. Yeah. Very good. I yeah. like it. Ones that are new to me that I haven't, that we, we don't actually have in Australia, but I think it's more of a UK one, and it's cockwomble. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. We love a cockwomble in the, in the north. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, love yeah. T- I love tosser. We just say wanker, but I love tosser. Yeah. I think tosser's, yeah. got, tosser's got more for your mouth to sort of feel happy about when it's saying the word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, this, this episode has descended into one of our favourite swears. Mm. We love it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we're we're multifaceted beings. We quite right are. Yeah, um, yeah. And fuckity fuck anybody that um, thinks that feminine people, fem presenting people, um, shouldn't shouldn't swear we live in interesting times and do at the moment and mm. and there's moments where you can almost it's like you can almost feel the world turning you can almost mm. see change happening or just like yeah. like I say the fact that we're normalizing things we're using words like socialization and yeah. uh, all this sort of stuff so I'm just I'm just really, 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 really happy. And it's so important for everybody to understand their position and their privilege. Even though I am disabled and I'm oppressed because I'm disabled or I experience harassment because of my sexuality, I still hold massive amounts of privilege in that I'm white. Mm. And, you know, that is something to be acknowledged. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's to be worked through and it's to be scaled down and you know not used to be weaponized especially we we know what um happens with white femininity and um oppression of race from using that power as a white woman and we've seen examples of that god tenfold daily in the news isn't it and mm. um, the, the new york central park karen and the 
the lass mm. that was uh, racially abusing a bouncer mm. and um, rightly so lost their job and all that jazz. Mm. Um, and, you know, I still hold some power as a white woman um, despite my inter- intersectional identities. And this is why if your feminism isn't intersectional, what is the fucking point? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. I love you. Thank oh, you so you're much. So good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this has been incredible. And like I say, you were seriously straight up there as one of the first to follow me mm-hmm. and to interact with you, Vinius, and stay on. And I think your stuff is absolutely fantastic. I love your song. I love all your reels, all of the Kate Bush stuff. Yeah, you're thanks. iconic. Mm. Iconic, Rose. Oh, my God. Oh, I will accept that compliment and I will feel good about myself about it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. That was me saying thank you. Oh, um, that's not, I don't usually do that. I usually just go weirdly squirmy. Um, Gash yourself up, Rose. Gash yourself up. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, love you to pieces. And this is part of an ongoing romance and we will catch up again. Yes, if you ever and find yourself in whack shit, if I ever find myself over the other side of the world, I'll let you know. Yeah, and and <laughs> fucking vent vent in my DMs any fucking time. Like oh, if you're having so a bad funny. day or any of that shit for any reason, just do it. Oh. <laughs> See you, so darling. Good. Talk Thank to you, you soon. Rose. All right, Bye. Baby. Bye. Isn't she just the most delightful human being? Um, it's a special treat for me to listen to that back just then because I really fully absorb and appreciate just how well-spoken she is on all of the topics that she likes to talk about. So I'm just so glad she came to the conclusion that it was a good idea for her to become an Instagram influencer. And I think the sky's the limit with regards to what kind of positive energy she can put out there into the cyber universe. And the universe, if you're going to get all spiritual and shit, let's just put that out there. Um, Yeah, love. Love, 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 love. That was just fantastic. And I really appreciated the insight into her experience with her disabilities and... It's very sobering to realise how my peripheral vision has been around people with disability and that's an uncomfortable thing to admit but I'm sure I'm not alone. Um, This privileged life that people take for granted on many fronts. um, I've been aware of a lot of my privileges. I've been aware of a lot of my disadvantages. I've been aware of so many things but as we become more and more and more enlightened, I become more and more and more aware of the things that I just had blinkers about. There is only now and there is only the future and it is at our disposal to be better and to do better in the future. Another thing that came up in that conversation and listening to it again is I realise how much I've taken for granted internet culture and porn culture over the last 25 or so years to the point that listening to her talk about her experiences in her DMs with people sending dick pics, 
I suddenly remembered what it was like to first get onto the internet when the internet was new and to go into chat rooms and have um, private chat applet pop up in front of your very eyes and you weren't really expecting it. You'd go into a chat room and this little applet box would pop up and the letters ASL would appear and there was a sea of opportunists out there just waiting for an unsuspecting young woman. And I wasn't a particularly young woman then. I was in my mid-30s. But I do remember that sometimes ASL wouldn't even pop up in the chat window, just a very slow pixelated image would start to appear because the resolution and Internet speed was really slow back then. And you'd just see this thing appear on your screen. And then you'd realize, oh my God, it's a close up of someone's dick. And it freaked you the fuck out. And I'd just close everything in a hurry and turn the fucking computer off and go, oh, no, no, go away, go away. And it's really shit that you can become desensitized to that. To a certain degree. But I haven't experienced that for a very long time. Um, the chat software became safer. But at first, I'm sure everybody knows this. I know I'm not telling anything that is startlingly new, but some people might not know that a lot of the advancements in computer software happened because of the porn industry and them figuring out ways to lure people in to, oh God, I make it sound really grubby, don't I? I don't mean to make it sound like, but but it was a, an opportunist game back then where you accidentally stumbled on a porn site and when you'd close the porn site window, a bunch of pop-ups would immediately appear on your screen and on those pop-ups would be really obscene imagery, in my humble opinion, <laughs> stuff that you're just not really expecting in the middle of the day while you're having your lunch <laughs> and you accidentally stumble on a fucking porn site and then all these images are multiplying on your screen exponentially because they were planting bugs and into this software, this whole pop-up software thing. I mean, now that you go on a website and you actually do want a chat bot to pop up into your screen because you really do want information and you're actively seeking information, so you don't mind that there is artificial intelligence already on most websites, ready to service your every query. But in its infancy, it was intrusive and chaotic and traumatic to experience. So I guess on the off chance that young men or any men are listening to this podcast and want to understand how it feels for people who aren't expecting to be preyed upon by inappropriate questions and sudden dick pics. It's horrible. I'm getting a 
bit emotional now. I just thought I'd have a little bit of a free think and a free speak at the end of that. And um, yeah, I'm really immersed in allowing myself to remember how disturbing all that shit was. Even friends of mine used to send me emails of things that they had seen that they were intrigued or horrified by. And there seemed to be no discrimination about whether or not they should give me any warning about the email they were sending me, particularly if it was something that they were quite horrified by. I saw some things back in the day that I didn't want to see. Press conference where someone shot themselves. I thought, why the fuck are you sending me this shit? What is wrong with people? Even with the news these days, I still sit there and watch it and think, why isn't anybody giving a warning before showing that footage? Um, Whether it's road rage or uh, a woman being abducted and they've got street cam footage or closed-circuit television footage of a woman being abducted. I saw that relatively recently on the news. And they didn't precede it with any kind of warning at all. They just introduced the story and the image came up of a woman going to put a key in the door of her apartment and a man appearing behind her and grabbing her and dragging her away. I got straight onto the network responsible and complained that they should have given some kind of a warning that they were going to show that. It was during the 6.30 news bulletin. Imagine if a child is watching that, particularly a young girl is watching that. It would give them nightmares. Well, that was my last vent for this particular vent tent. On a lighter note, I'm very excited to announce I'm interviewing Dr. Laurie Mintz, the author of Becoming Cliterate. Critically acclaimed. Just go onto any book-selling website and look up Becoming Cliterate and you'll see a plethora of stunning reviews from very high-profile people in the field of um, human sexuality and feminism and all that sort of jazz, singing the praises of this amazing book. So I'm getting to speak to her next Friday and um, you'll get it in your ear holes the Friday after that. So I'm going to meditate quite strongly for the next week or so about what kind of questions I need to ask her. If you have questions you'd like me to ask, please feel free to drop into my DMs on Instagram or send me an email at theeloquentintheroom at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to chatting to you again. In the meantime, be kind to yourself and make sure you set your personal boundaries in every facet of your life. Don't put up with other people's shit. Draw a line in the sand and make sure people don't cross it. Okay? So big squeezy hugs to everybody listening and I'll talk to you soon. Share the love by sharing the podcast. Bye now.